0: and that's a hole we can fill. So chug that Molson, it's time for...
1: I never saw that.
0: Oh, Canada. That's all I know.
1: Oh, I was hoping you would try to make up the next lyrics.
0: Okay. Oh, Canada. God save the queen from thee. You are overseas, and your flag has a maple leaf. I can't go that low. I started too low.
1: Who is singing that song?
0: The Canade, the Canadians.
1: No, because you said you are overseas.
0: Yeah, the British. So then. I don't. <laughs> they sing it to Canada. And you
1: said, "God save the queen from thee." So yeah, yeah. I guess it would have to be. That's weird. Um, it's a
0: weird song. It's. I mean, it fits. Yeah. What's this episode of Boot, Jen?
1: It's about Canada. Mm-hmm. And, well, I'll just, I'll just say it. <laughs> we watched the movie Canadian Bacon.
0: Thank you. Yes, we did. Which I
1: did not know was in our time period. We're just discovering so many. Just there's new exciting surprises all the time in our lives.
0: Other than this? I mean, this is the big one, right?
1: So we watched it. Mostly because I love John Candy so much, and I miss him every day of my life, which I have said on another episode of this show, and that was our Cool Runnings episode. I stand by it, and I just... The
0: best movie. I just want to put that in there. Cool Runnings. Yeah.
1: Not Canadian <laughs> Um
0: <laughs> A less a less good actually, movie.
1: I, I mean, you might be surprised, things I have to say about it. My point is, I, f- I love John Candy. And earlier this week, we watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with the kids for the first time. Actually, I watched it two days in a row. Because um, <laughs> why not? Yeah, because I can. And I just fucking love him so much. I feel like, I really do feel sad that I never got to meet him. And I'm serious. Like, he's one of those people that, like, man, I just fantasize about hugging and hanging out with.
0: Yeah, he seems like he'd be a good like a friendly guy to hang out with. Yeah. Good and friendly. Can I just mention that apparently I have all the adjectives tonight? So this is gonna be a really enjoyable podcast. Good and friendly. (laughs) Let
1: me tell you what I wanna do right now. Just to get this episode going. Tell me all about it. I well, I'm gonna tell you some jokes.
0: Oh boy.
1: Some Canadian jokes. I looked up
0: Wait, 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 wait. Let's clarify. Are these Canadian jokes, or are, are these jokes about well, Canadians? Well, I don't know. Let me
1: ask you the first one, and okay, you I tell just, me.
0: Before we start, I just want to put a little disclaimer <laughs> in here, because I know New Brunswick is representing for us.
1: We ha- we've no, talked about we that, have that before. Said, we have many Canadians who listen to our show. I'm not going to be a dick about Canadians, you dick.
0: I think you might be about Come to be on, a dick about dude, Canadians. No,
1: wait till you hear this first joke. <laughs> it is a knee <laughs> slapper.
0: Okay, I got my knee ready. Hey, Micah. Yeah.
1: Did you hear about the war between Newfoundland and Nova Scotia?
0: No, tell me about it.
1: The Newfies were lobbing hand grenades. The Nova Scotians were pulling the pins and throwing them back. (laughs) You get it?
0: That was me slapping my knee. Um, Do you get it? Because I don't get it. (laughs) And you're making fun of a Canadian province, basically. So you lied. You're you're, being a dick right now to Newfoundland. Because People. because
1: what? What's the joke?
0: That they're dumb. That dumbs. they don't like war? No.
1: Oh, the joke is that they're icy. Yeah. Well, it's a very bad joke regardless because the answer is very long. <laughs> and it, like the question is really bad. It should just be one statement. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be like, did you hear about the war between... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I'm critiquing the it jokes needs a themselves. Little work. Yeah, you're workshopping shit jokes that you this found online. This is a good one. What do you call a sophisticated American? Canadian? Yes. Uh. See? Our Canadian peeps will appreciate that. <laughs> and I think it's true. So, stuck on that. There's there are some mean ones in here though. Mm-hmm. Not to not to like Canadians in general, but like to newbies. Well, yeah, apparently that yeah. was mean. But no, like d- like specific Canadians. Um, let me find one that I found particularly offensive.
0: Wow, really? This is what we're doing now.
1: I can't find it. <laughs> All right, I can't find it. But basically, it's about Corey Haim, and and it's like it's something like why is why is Corey Haim buried in his homeland of Canada? And the answer is because the Canadians lost the coin toss or something.
0: Oh, that's just mean to Corey I know, Haim. That's
1: what I'm saying, and I don't take lightly to being mean to Corey Haim. And I so. didn't
0: know he was Canadian.
1: I did not either. But hmm. you know what? You'd be surprised how many national treasures are actually Canadian. Canadian
0: national treasures. (laughs) The Canadians. They walk among us. William Shatner. Michael J. Fox. Monty Hall. Mike Myers. Alex Trebek. All of them Canadians. All of them here.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Last one, I promise. Okay. What do Canadians get on their tests? A's, eh? Could you not ruin it? Oh, like how I'm about sorry. let's try without you fucking ruining it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> let's try again. Okay. You don't just answer Day a two. joke with the right answer. Day that's two. not that's All poor right. form. Okay. Okay. What do Canadians get on their tests?
0: Oh, probably good grades, right? I don't know what. A's. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna put some cricket sounds on some of those. <laughs> anyway, now that we've uh, done a deep dive into the Canadian sense of humor.
0: Oh no, let's I don't do think another that's what deep dive
1: into the Canadian sense Mm-mm. of humor with Canadian bacon.
0: Again, not accurate. <laughs> Movie <laughs> Why not? is not Canadian. It was oh, that's I mean right. there were Canadian people in it, but it's it was made
1: by Michael Moore.
0: It was directed by it was written, produced, and directed by Michael Moore. His only
1: Yes, the Feature same film. Michael Moore that you all are non-documentary. picturing in your mind. Yes. Same same guy.
0: The one and only time he did a, a non-documentary film. I wonder why.
1: Hey, man, you're about to shit all over this movie. <laughs> I'm not. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not here for it. You will not shit all over John Candy's last... Was this the last movie he filmed or the last movie that yeah, was released? Let's, let's
0: see how badly we can screw this up. So it is very confusing. It was the last movie released it was filmed before wagons east
1: which we could not access we tried
0: oh we could have accessed it but we chose not to access it oh we did it was actually harder to access canadian bacon but we found it
1: oh see i had that backwards also
0: was available and we watched the preview and said oh hell no
1: it looked bad in a way that was not worth even for this podcast like was is not worth it's not worth it it's not worth the pain of sitting through that uh, it looked and I up don't really
0: offensive in ways and yeah, bad and so that was thing. actually his last film. He died. He had a heart attack near the, the end set, of filming. Right? Yeah, or
1: on the set or just while they like were, during filming.
0: During filming, they were in Mexico filming, and he died in Mexico. But I hate this was that. filmed before its release was much later after yeah so anyway
1: this was his last film as far as people are concerned Mm -hmm. last one that came out so we're not gonna we're not gonna just shit all over it we are gonna shit on it quite a bit probably (laughs) we're not just gonna shit on it though is what i'm saying first of all this movie has a pretty fucking good cast yeah had a great cast like okay john candy rhea perlman who is wonderful in it Bill uh,
0: Nunn, who you know as Radio Rahim. Oh Raheem. my god,
1: Bill okay. I was very, very proud of myself that I because when I saw him, I was like, Well, basically I just was like, Is that Radio Rahim? And then I looked it up and it turned out it was. <laughs> mm. So that was a real I roller was,
0: coaster of emotions. You I just took us all you guys
1: off. to go through that with me. <laughs> Alan Alda plays the president. Yes. Kevin Pollack.
0: He's the national security advisor.
1: I don't actually have any feelings about him as an actor. It seems like he always plays the same character, but regardless, he's a big actor. Like, he's in yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was good in this.
0: Um, Rip Torn. Rip Torn was, was pretty funny in a this. a general. Who Stephen else? Anybody
1: Wright. else? Oh, Stephen Wright was the funniest part of the movie, he's, in my he opinion. He was great. Stephen Wright yeah, was a Mountie. He was Mountie. very funny.
0: Um, and, and Wallace Shawn. he is Sean. actually
1: Canadian. Wallace, Wallace Sean, was, Sean also was not in the movie. In the movie. <laughs> they showed his face one time at the end. Well, well his voice... Yeah.
0: He played the Canadian prime minister who was on the phone a lot and sounded like,
1: meow, 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 meow.
0: it wasn't really Walsh well no, It was it just wasn't. a funny joke. They put his picture up at the end and said, and as Canadian prime minister.
1: Yeah, so good cast. There are several things I actually really, really liked and appreciated about this movie. In fact, it made me laugh out loud several times.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of funny moments.
1: Yeah. I mean, John Candy
0: it, is... Well, not the greatest John Candy he's in it. He's not
1: John Candy. He He's he's a very pale version of John Candy, and here's the reason why. Because you don't write John Candy as a one-dimensional character, and that's mm. what he was. You cannot have him play a one-dimensional character because then he lacks the layers of comedy upon layers of vulnerability yeah. that he brings. I mean, I will start crying talking about it right now. That There was none of that for him to like, tap into in this movie. It was just, he was just a dumb American, and that was it.
0: This movie was a farce, and it was, there weren't any two-dimensional characters, or one-and-a-half-dimensional characters. No, and that (laughs) was kind of the
1: point, I mean, the point was, I mean, honestly, the point of this movie is, like, Americans are stupid. Well, that's part of the point. It's also, it's an anti-war movie, is what it is, and... Coming from
0: Michael Moore? Shocking.
1: (laughs) And, I mean, it's like, well, I, I Dude, I always struggle with this with the plot. Do you wanna? Do you want to give a quick plot synopsis? Can you do a quick I one? I
0: mean, yeah, it's pretty simple. Like Alan Alda okay. is the president. There's a town near Niagara Falls that has a huge military plant where they make like a defense. They make weapons and stuff. And it closes down, and so everybody in town is out of a job, basically. And Alan Alda is visiting it. It's Niagara Falls, isn't it? Yeah, I think the that... town
1: is just Niagara Falls.
0: Okay. They do make a funny joke on at the, the beginning. U.S.
1: side. Yeah. The
0: TV, like the news announcer is saying, the president's coming to Niagara Falls. The first president to visit Niagara Falls since McKinley visited in 1901 and was shot.
1: Mm-hmm. That's funny.
0: Um, it was much funnier when she said it. It really was. In the movie. Um, so, so the much president funnier. comes. Like if I had
1: to multiply it by a number, Mm -hmm. like how much funnier it was when she said it, it would just be a real big number. one
0: and a half or three, three times funnier. Anyway, the president's coming through Niagara Falls. This big defense plant was just shut down and the president is really frustrated because his numbers are tanking. The voters felt that your being alive or dead had no real bearing on their daily lives. Well, you take that a couple of ways, you know. With all due respect, sir. Enjoy your single term. And they come up with this plot to restart up the Cold War with Russia, but that doesn't work because Russia's not interested. So they, as a joke, Kevin Pollock says something about, well, we could attack Canada or make Canada a bad guy. So they do it just to get the president's numbers up. Actually,
1: Alan Alda, the president is the one that makes the joke about it. Yeah. So yeah, the whole thing is that they are starting this fake conflict so that the president's approval rating goes up. How about a little credit? I'm the only president who hasn't gotten this into a war. I think that's his point, sir. You have yet to send our boys into battle. Well, send them where? Nobody's bothering us. Send them anywhere,
0: sir? Guaranteed
1: 30-point boost in the polls? Well, I'm not going to start a war just to, just to increase my popularity. What can they do for 20 points? And it's yes. like, it's ridiculous in this movie, and it's not ridiculous at all. Like, this is the kind of shit that I absolutely believe that our government does.
0: Oh, yeah. They had an auction at the beginning because the defense plant's being shut down. And so they're just selling off missiles and... Yep.
1: Just anybody. Yeah. Everybody. Anybody People who can wants buy one, they want. they're just People are driving around with and huge, buying missiles,
0: gigantic intercontinental ballistic... Which was pretty ballistic. funny. Wow. Can I take that again? Mm-mm. Intercontinental ballistic missiles in the back of their pickup truck. and Yeah. Um, so... It was funny. The police force, John Candy used to work at the plant, but becomes the sheriff of Niagara Falls. And so the police force buys a whole bunch of weapons and M-16s at this auction. So Michael Moore really was pretty, you know, ahead of his time for seeing the militarization of police and how our current president is trying to piss off Canada all the time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem far-fetched at all.
1: Yeah, well, and it's true that presidential approval ratings are at their highest in wartime. Which is so fucked up. Like our our whole our whole fucking country is built on this notion. Like
0: yeah, the economy we, does better. Everything, Everything's better. Everything
1: we do. Anyway, so th- so I did really appreciate that part of this movie. I mean, it was. I mean, and I think in the nineties, maybe you know, this probably seemed more absurd than it does now. Right now, in this current moment, especially, it's like this is not that far off.
0: Yeah, I think it's and always been kind of an idea that a lot. I mean, they bring up the fact that the Gulf of Tonkin incident was completely fabricated and manipulated so that we could start or involve ourselves in the Vietnam War. Right. Um, I was just so looking at Wag the Dog came out in 1997, right. so a couple oh, of years dang. later. Bummer. Um, I wish
1: that was in our timeline. Yeah, I wrote down, I took a note on Wag the Dog. I, the note I took was, it's like a shitty Wag the Dog. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, which it is. I mean, the Wag the Dog is... I saw it a long time ago, but it's a pretty great movie. But it is. This movie is the exact same premise. It's like, well, actually, no, it's not. Because Wag the Dog, that premise is that they create a fake conflict. Yeah, it's a fake war. It's fake. the The war is not actually happening. Yeah. In this movie, it's like, we're the... Like, that one is more cunning and calculated and smart. This one is just like... Yeah, they don't even. I mean, even... it's more like our current government. It's more like how Trump governs. It's like fuck it, we need to start a conflict. Let's yeah. start. Let's.
0: And they don't want to actually start a, an actual conflict. They want to start a cold war, so it goes on for a long time, and there's a lot of fear, and they can right. milk that for a long time. But they start the propaganda through the news station NBS, and that was the part that I thought was kind of the most upsetting. Like the the way the announcer, the anchor was reading these stories he just totally bought into it and they didn't go into this at all like obviously the president was or the the white house was feeding them this information so that they could broadcast it but the way they read it and just ate it up
1: think of your children pledging allegiance to the maple leaf mayonnaise on everything winter 11 months of the year anne murray all day every day
0: and then these people in Niagara Falls, of course, John Candy's an idiot. And so he rallies the people of Niagara Falls to defend against Canada. Yeah. And then they end up invading Canada on their own. And that's when shit goes haywire. Like, the president and the White House don't actually do that.
1: Yeah. We haven't mentioned, though, how they how the conflict actually started. So there was the joke. The joke was made that they were going to start a, like, hey, let's start a conflict with Canada. Ha, ha, ha. And then John Candy is actually the reason the conflict started, because he was at a hockey game. Hmm. <laughs> he and Rhea Perlman, who is, her name's Honey in this. She's a, uh, so he's the sheriff. John Candy is the sheriff. I'm sorry, you said yeah, that already. And, and Honey, deputy. did you already say that?
0: Mm-hmm. No.
1: Okay. She's a deputy. And then um, Bill Nunn, whose name I don't know in the movie, was another cop. Deputy, yeah. Which, by the way, they addressed racism several times. Uh, with his character, and I I was into it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, they're at a hockey game, and John Candy insults Canadian beer. And, and it starts a riot. It starts a riot. And also, the joke there was that Canadian, like, they're they're all very polite, you know? The joke is that Canadians are so polite, and nothing you can do will upset them. But then he makes a comment about the beer. Everybody in the, what do you call a hockey place? Stadium? Arena. Everybody in the ice bucket...
0: Yep, Just way.
1: stops and attacks each other. And so then that gets on the news. And that's when the president and his his dirt man are like, <laughs> perfect. Let's go with yeah. this.
0: I do have to say they did a pretty good job. It was obviously a pretty low budget movie. There were times when that really stuck out. Like when <laughs> Alan Alda <laughs> and the National Security Advisor and Rip Torn as the general are standing there in front of the White House or having meetings and deciding things, and it's just the three of them. Like, they didn't have enough
1: of a cast
0: to fill out his (laughs) staff at all. There were scenes later in the, like, situation room where they had a (laughs) bunch of people around the room, but there were many where it was just the three of them (laughs) making these big decisions. Yeah, And then they also, they didn't flesh out the world more than just having this one NBS news channel. Um, There wasn't a lot of other propaganda or other things going on. It was really... Low budget film, but they did a good job mm-hmm. of it. It all seemed believable and it, it was
1: pretty I mean, it's not believable, not believable the way in it that goes. Way, down, but, I meant
0: the, but yeah. The production of it was
1: the yeah. Good yeah, yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah. And it's all it's also all about it's not just about approval ratings either. It's about creating a distraction so that people are not focused on how bad things actually are. Which mm-hmm. that was the part when Kevin Pollack made a comment because he he straight up says at one point It'll be great, people will be so focused on their fear of mm-hmm. you know basically the Russians, but it's the Canadians, <laughs> so basically the Russians only can only Canada
0: they do talk about how they're like he's Canada's... like they'll be
1: they'll be too focused on that to notice how like how how shitty life is here, and I can't mm-hmm. remember what the he gave an example
0: they do talk about how Canada is basically communism. What do they call it? Communism Basically light communism. or something like? They're they have socialized medicine and.
1: Let me pull a couple choice quotes from my notes.
0: Yes, please do.
1: A huge, long, rigid <laughs> shaft. I wrote that down too. Yeah, it made me laugh so out loud because I am a I am a child. But you you'll have to explain the context because I don't remember.
0: There is a scene. I think actually this is a different scene, but the Canada's CN Tower, um, the Canadian National Tower in Toronto, plays a big role
1: it is the height of six american football fields or five canadian football fields as if canadian football really counts what would be the psychological motivation to erect a huge long rigid shaft
0: Leah perlman becomes obsessed with it and there's a scene that's supposed to be spoofing close encounters of the third kind um she's making like a mashed potato sculpture <laughs> Oh um, right, of the tower. Of yeah. the tower and there are a bunch of other ones. But yeah, I think it's a news broadcast where they say nobody <laughs> knows what's in this tower that they built, and why would anyone build a in huge long bridge? And <laughs> it cuts away. Uh, the news broadcasts <laughs> are I pretty giggled. funny too. They're, they are funny. Like just like maple syrup, Canada's evil is Slowly oozing toward the United States yeah. or Oh, something. yes.
1: They do a graphic yeah. of maple syrup dripping down the map. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. And, and Alan Alda, as the president, is such an idiot. He's like, yeah, that's so great. Yeah. Everybody knows what it's like to have maple syrup, you know, stuck to your fingers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're just like, this guy. Uh. um. But during that whole thing where she's building mashed potato sculptures... She builds one that looks just like a dick mm. and asks, so John Candy's there, but then Bill Nunn comes in. What is his fucking name in the movie? I don't know. I apologize. Anyway, Radio Rahim. Um, f- by the way, Radio Rahim is from Do the Right Thing, in case that didn't make any sense to you. It's a Spike Lee movie that you should absolutely go out and see right now. It's, um, <sighs> boy, it it's one of the most important movies in my life. It's- Heart-shattering, though. Anyway, she says, what does this look like? And do you remember this part? Yes. He goes, I don't know. I've never seen a white one that size. And I was like, yeah. oh, racism.
0: <laughs> yes. They do. I, we should talk about how they and address I'm, it later, too. By the
1: way, I'm not going to go into this whole thing, Micah. Don't worry. But I don't mean racism against white people, because that's not a thing. The whole big dick stereotype, its it comes from slavery, okay? Let's just... We'll leave it at that. And now's a here's a joke about Canada. <laughs> knock knock. Yeah,
0: tell us another one. Who's there?
1: Oops, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know
0: who's okay. They do. I got one.
1: What, what do Canadians uh, you, uh, style their hair with?
0: Maple syrup. Moose. Oh. Uh, did you just come up with that on your own?
1: Hmm. Let's don't lie. Let the listeners don't decide. Lie.
0: We missed another. There was another. Um, it was more of a cameo, but another person that was in the film, uh, Jim Belushi, has oh, a moment. That's, that's right. Really weird and really bad. It's not funny. It
1: was really yeah. But
0: he's like a news reporter for that poor guy. NBS.
1: <laughs> I mean, it just sucks to be Jim Belushi, man. You got you live in the shadow of your brother. Yeah. In a very public way, Kevin Pollock at one point said, "I'm just spitballing here." Which is something we say a lot, mm-hmm. and it, I was happy to hear it. But also, I was <laughs> like, the, someone "Why else would you?" Said it one yes. Time. <laughs> At one point, somebody said something about ravaging a company, and I thought they said ravaged a coffin. So that gave me a little internal chuckle.
0: Hmm. That was a joke that Stephen Wright was doing, where they so.
1: Yeah, let's get into the get Stephen Wright part.
0: Too much into it, but Honey gets. They go up to to Canada to dump garbage. John they Candy being, and, yeah. and Honey and...
1: Radio Rahim. Yeah. I'm sorry, but...
0: I just looked up his name. You idiot. Cabral Jabbar Okay, Cabral. Is his name. Cabral, Honey, Bud Boomer. That's John Candy's character. And their oh, yeah. friend, what is it? Ray Bob or Ray... What's his name?
1: I don't know who you're...
0: Roy Boy. They go to Canada to dump garbage because that'll really piss off the Canadians because it's always so clean. Um, And they get caught by the RCMP, um, but they're very polite to them. And the boys all run off and they leave Honey there. The Canadians
1: are really polite. Honey
0: is basically a hostage in Canada. So later, when the boys go back to try to rescue her, they go to the RCMP national headquarters, which is like a log cabin in the woods. And Stephen Wright's the only one there. He's a Mountie. He's very polite to them and very Stephen Wrighty. But he introduces the only prisoners they have there. This man was arrested for being in too many bad moods.
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: that's funny. One of the prisoners is there for raiding a company and then trying and firing people to maximize profits or something. Yeah. Basically like being a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what the other one was, but just yeah, very funny. benign things that aren't crimes. But well, in that's Canada, not benign. They're crimes. I know, but <laughs> I mean, that was, yeah, the other ones, that was a joke.
1: Yeah, the Stephen Wright part was the funniest part of the movie to me, and I mean just him. He was, he was very funny. Oh, there is a part where Rhea Perlman is in the hospital. Why is she in the hospital?
0: Because they want to give her a a free mental health examination. that's (laughs) That's right. And her hospital room, she's covered in like well wishes and flowers and stuffed animals and like literally covered in her hospital room when she wakes up.
1: But there's a really funny scene where she opens the curtains, looks out the window and it's just like snow and dog sleds.
0: Yeah. And she says, "Ugh, Ottawa.
1: It's like the wilderness is funny.
0: And Ottawa is actually the capital of Canada, where Stephen Wright tells them they moved her to Ottawa. And they say, the, or she says, he says, they moved her to the capital, Ottawa. And they say, yeah, right, we're not idiots. Everybody knows the capital's Toronto. So they go to Toronto because they're fucking idiots. There was another thing that I thought was really funny that Alan Alda said. He did a press conference and threatened Canada and said, about honey, said, surrender her pronto or we'll level Toronto.
1: That was funny because obviously he was very proud of it. And it also spoke to, the ways that our elected officials come up with these repeatable phrases mm-hmm. like campaign slogans but it's something that he knew would make him even more popular by saying mm-hmm. it you know what i'm saying anyway so i mean overall like it's it's not a good movie <laughs> it is there are several funny parts and i do really appreciate the the theme that they're going for here.
0: Yeah. I they, mean, there were funny jokes in there that were very broad, and it's a farce, and it worked on that level. It wasn't much deeper than that, but there were moments where they, they had elements like what you were just talking about with him coming up with a, a phrase that's repeatable that were like cut really close to home but there weren't that many of them
1: i felt like there were several things that cut close to home for me in this movie and i think it's because of it's our current mm-hmm. like this administration i mean the shit that we're living in is so beyond ridiculous that this kind of thing is not that far-fetched and so yeah the the phrase i mean there were lots of other things that for me i was like oh my god like and the i guess a lot of it was the way that people reacted. Like you said, the news person reading the news bought into it. But, you know, as soon as people hear one thing on the news, mm-hmm. much like as soon as people hear something on Fox News, people are like stockpiling weapons. Some people are literally taking to the border. Other people are just they're putting up signs in their yard that say things like bomb Canada. So I it's it's played for laughs in this movie. But, but it hits I was a little surprised too close to home right by now. how relevant some of it was, you know. I mean, and the other thing is like Americans are idiots. Yeah. Like that's the, that is a big part of the bottom line of this. Like we just eat up anything that's fucking fed to us and just our relationship with weapons. They addressed racism a few times. Like, although Bill Nunn was the only black person in this movie, everybody was white in this movie, but
0: they made several jokes about how he wouldn't fit in in Canada because they were kind of going undercover to sneak up there.
1: Oh, right. Um, yeah, that's right.
0: He talked about He brought up they're sitting around a campfire one time kind of planning what their next move is going to be, and he brings this is up what the, I was gonna say. the trope about how the black guy always dies. It's just the black guy always dies.
1: Think about it, man. Unforgiven, uh, Alien, Rocky IV, The Shining, Star Trek II, Forrest Gump, Witness, Annie Hall. Not Annie Hall. Night no, of Living Dead. That's the one. And what about that brother in Jurassic Park, man? Well, oh, that was cool. There was two black guys who died in that one. That was a twofer. He must be really pissed off at that one. Tell <laughs> me, telling you, man, the black guy always dies first.
0: Oh. Oh, man.
1: That was the second time that they were kind of acknowledging that they were in a movie also. It was like... I still don't know if that's breaking the fourth wall.
0: I don't think they were... I didn't the, read it that way. I didn't think well, they were I, acknowledging they were in a movie. I he was just saying, like, this is a thing in pop culture, and I'm in this situation now.
1: I know that's how you read it. The way I read it was, like, because they first brought it up in the car. They were driving, and he asked if he could drive. And he was like, come on, man. The black guy never gets to drive. And John Kenny's like, what are you talking about? And no,
0: he said something horrible, like...
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, then... Okay, right. So he says... Come on, the black guy never gets to drive. And then John Candy is like, "No, Danny Glover drove right. Miss Daisy." And that's when I that's when I for me that's when I was like, "Oh, they're talking about being in a movie because they they're clearly using movies as examples. They're not like they're talking about specifically how Hollywood portrays black characters." So anyway, then Bill Nunn's like, "It wasn't fucking Danny Glover." Yeah. So they do that and then yeah, they he Later mentions that the black guy always dies first.
0: So that scene when they're oh, when he's yeah. asking if he can drive is one of the funny. It's probably the funniest scene. Actually, in the movie yes, for me. me too. Like,
1: it it made both of us laugh very. It hard. was
0: funny, and they played it up. They tried to do it again, and it was funny that time too. It was great. But they start singing because they're driving this huge RCMP truck in Canada, and they're wearing Canadian stuff, and they're trying to like fit in, but they're just talking shit about Canada too. And then they start singing.
1: Born in the USA, I was
0: born
1: in the USA, I was born in the USA, I was born in the USA. I was born in the USA.
0: In the USA, in the USA. <laughs> we
1: both laughed out loud. Yeah, that A cracked A lot of that. Up. It was very funny. And then they did it later also, again
0: for Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. 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 And also Born in the USA is an anti-war song. Yeah. So I mean But nobody hey man, fucking knows that. I didn't I know mean, that till recently, to be honest with you. People know that, so, but
0: a lot of people that I play think, it at like Republicans that play it at campaign right, rallies, Right, right. Don't fucking get it at right. all. Right. Well, and that was
1: sort of that was the point of this. That's the point of these people. Like props to Michael Moore for putting that very subtle, you know, thing in there.
0: And there was another cameo right after that scene. They're driving this gigantic Truck, it's like a garbage truck, kind of. It's like a big dump truck or something. And on the sides, they have spray painted like Canada sucks and all this stuff about Canada death to Canadians, which is Mm -hmm. weird because they're wearing Canadian like hats that say Canada and maple leaf scarves. Like they're trying to fit in, but they're doing a really poor job. Dan Aykroyd shows up
1: Mm -hmm. as a cop
0: who pulls them over. And the only reason he pulled them over is because he's upset (laughs) because they're not following the language laws. If you
1: wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws, which specifically prescribe that all signs be in both English
0: and French. Canada's two official languages. Okay. I do have to fine you. That'll be $1,000 Canadian or 10 American dollars if you'd prefer.
1: Oh, oh no, I'll pay, pay the American there, yeah. There you go, buddy. What do you want? Ten? Thank you very much. There's your receipt. Thank you.
0: And now? In French, if you please.
1: Yeah, so they had to rewrite the graffiti. Yeah,
0: he makes them do Me, it.
1: They had to translate it, all of it Yeah. It was funny. It's funny. I mean, you know, there were funny moments. It wasn't, it was not as terrible as I expected it to be. Right. I expected it to be unwatchable as I imagined Wagons East. To be.
0: Yeah. And I actually think this movie might be kind of underrated because I think Wagons East was so fucking bad. Mm -hmm. People kind of group these two together because they came out around the same time and they're like his last two films. Yeah. And they were both released after he died. So I think it's kind of an underrated movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. It's fucking silly as hell. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good farce, actually. I kind of said everything I have to say about it. Rhea Perlman was a delight. If you catch a cold, there's some aspirin in the cabin. And thanks for hanging on to my American-made assault weapons.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we haven't talked about her much. She's kind of... Um, she
1: saves the world at the end. She, or she does. She she's, actually, yeah, like kind of literally saves the world. She, she's a
0: little bit unhinged and like uncontrollable. Oh,
1: yeah. Which, and they also make uh, John Candy's, I'm sorry, what's his name? Boomer? Bud Boomer. Bud Boomer makes a comment about her. He's like, she's been a great asset since she got her parole. Yeah. So, you know, it's supposed to be built into her character that she's wild and mm-hmm. whatever. And she shoots up a bomb at the end. What's essentially a bomb. Let's not get into it. Yeah. So Canadian Bacon. I'm bummed that that's um, John Candy's last movie.
0: Yeah, but there are so many good ones to watch before that. So just not in our timeline.
1: And speaking of being bummed, (laughs) what's that for a natural transition?
0: Uh, Oh, yeah. Let's break up all these jokes with a a real downer. (laughs) Our last episode was about interview with a vampire and we both were just kind of like uh and we didn't feel like it was very funny and so we wanted to do like a funny movie and we were really into john candy and there were jokes and they were funny but now get ready to cry tears
1: yeah so i don't want to spend a lot of time on this and i think that this is going to be a theme that comes back in and out and in and out as they say are we talking about our sex podcast podcast
0: again (laughs) This is not going where I thought it was going.
1: Hey, man, I got to laugh. And let me tell you, this is the first time I've laughed in probably in several days. Well, I mean, I and we watched Canadian Bacon last night, so I did laugh a few times. <laughs> um, but really, like, shit has been dark in my world lately.
0: And not just because of daylight savings time.
1: Good one. Do you have any Canada jokes? <laughs> No, but so yeah. So I have not explicitly shared this on this podcast, but I'm really open about it on social media. If you follow me on social media, you probably know that I struggle with pretty severe depression and anxiety. Um, Lately, it's been very bad. I don't know how to get to what I'm trying to say. So one thing that Exciting thing that has happened also this week is that we have finalized our playlist our mixtape for our patrons, which used to be a uh, twenty five dollars and up reward and now it's ten dollars and up. So more people are gonna get it. Anyway, I love working on I love making playlists. More she there. makes really good playlists. I make really good playlists and I really love this mixtape. I hope that those of you who are receiving it love it. There are a few of you. Um it's okay if you don't. <laughs> anyway, but so in making that mixtape, I put I put some songs on there from the movie Foxfire, which was the episode that I got that we got pretty real on. And I think that I think that listening to those songs has been part of what has been bringing this up for me again. Um I was driving the other night and listening to this playlist. I've listened to it many times to make sure it's just right and the first song on side B is a Mazzy Star song that was in the movie Foxfire during that scene where they're like tattooing each other. And it's a beautiful scene. I love it. And the song is just heartbreakingly beautiful. And it's also devastating. And so I can't really listen to that song without crying anyway. So that song, and then the song Your Ghost by Kristen Hirsch, is also on the playlist. And that song. Reminds me of my friend, Nicole, who, who committed suicide, which happened just before I was sent to Montana, like a few months before. It, it happened just before I turned 16, uh, four days before. So I was driving around and I was feeling, I, I felt a level of grief about that situation that I haven't felt, I probably haven't felt since hmm. I was, since this happened and, the and and was... for a while after, I don't know. I mean, yeah, music for me is um, very very powerful, and I'm a I'm a very sensitive person, so I'm my emotions are easily affected by a lot of things. But a lot of the time, I can't even listen to music because it is it's painful mm-hmm. to listen to um, for several reasons. Um, sometimes just because it's like it makes me so sad, and sometimes it's because I. I should be making music and I'm not. But anyway, I, it was very, it was very strange and it took me by surprise. I mean, I wasn't thinking about her. I was feeling very sad and whatever. But then I just really, I just really grieved again for a brief, you know, for a brief moment and just like how. I mean, Jesus, when I talk about that whole experience, it's usually like I'm so far removed from it, much like, you know, my Montana experiences. But that one was one specific, incredibly traumatic event that I feel detached from most of the time. I mean, it was so long ago, but the pain, I think that the the pain that I felt the other night when it came up and it, like I said, it came up out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, it came up and it surprised me. It felt like like I was reminded, I remembered what it felt like at that time. And I just am so, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of grief about that and actually grief about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was trying to connect this at the beginning to my own struggles with depression and mental health. And I don't really know how to make that connection exactly, but I'm just so sad about her And her life, the life that she lived, and you know, that she didn't get to keep going. Anyway, so I think a lot of the time when I grieve about this, it's more about my experience with it and how it affected me. And I, um, it just feels different this time. But the other part of that 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 came up and kind of that same, same wave of feelings was also what I talked about on Foxfire, which was this rage, this kind of rage and just anger at never being. I was not allowed to, to figure out who I was at a really important time in my life. You know, I was sent away at 16. I was there till I was 18. I went straight to, you know, this little liberal arts college. I was not me. I didn't know who me was at all. And I still struggle with it. And I may have struggled with it anyway. But I just am, I'm so, I'm so angry when I think about who I might have become. I think On the other hand, it's easy to romanticize that idea, mm-hmm. and it's possible that I would have just dropped out of school and become a fucking heroin addict, which I think is pretty likely.
0: And I think that feeling of not not knowing who you are is really common, but I think the difference for you is that it was like a lot of the rest of us didn't know who we were at that age. We we're all finding that out, but we weren't forced into this artificial situation Well, and, that and, and, totally stripped all our agency.
1: Right, and I was stripped of whatever identity I did have. Yeah. And forced into another one. Like I was forced into an identity. And then it has taken me, you know, all these years to like take that apart Mm -hmm. and try to figure out what parts of it are valid, were valid as well.
0: Another thing you mentioned that I want to talk a little bit about you said that you, in the car, you heard this song and you were grieving really intensely again in a way that you hadn't, but only for a brief moment. And I think we don't allow ourselves to grieve old things again. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of reasons, because it's too hard. And But I also think, like, there's pressure to not do that. Like, you grieve, you have your time to right. grieve. move on, move, you move forward. On, and you, yeah. The
1: past is behind us.
0: Which, really traumatic things like that don't ever no. go away. And it's not natural for us to... I mean, time changes it. But, like you said, music can evoke those things or just... Whatever different things can trigger it, and those things can come back. And I think allowing yourself to let yourself grieve, like let yourself feel that, and just be in it, is important.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is, like, it wasn't an intentional choice. I didn't have any other option (laughs) Mm -hmm. in that moment. It just was what was happening. Uh, But I do. But I think you're right. And I, I mean, I guess on a certain level, I did i did I did lean into like i I didn't try to push it away. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I appreciate i I hear what you're saying. i want I want to know what's making you cry right now. We always talk about me.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking about other traumatic events that happen in our lives, and this week has been hard.
1: And on that note,
0: that's why we watched Canadian Bacon.
1: We <laughs> would like to leave you. Something funny. God damn it. We really took this one way down. Yeah, it
0: went in a different direction. But I do, I actually, I also do think that's important too because we had a hard week. Things haven't been easy in -hmm. a lot of ways. And we decided to watch something funny and try to laugh. And I think that's important too. Yeah. You got to let yourself be in the moment to grieve and don't push that feeling away all the time. Sometimes you have to because
1: you're in the middle of
0: life and you have to do shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) still. But. I think it's important, even if it feels artificial and dumb. Watch some movie like like you watched *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles* twice this week because it's one of your favorite films and it's fucking hilarious and heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, the heartbreak is actually what most affects me about about it, and it's John it's John Candy's performance. But but it is also hilarious. I yes, mean, I'm it's, fine.
0: Yes, I'm fine. God,
1: I fucking love that movie. <laughs> it holds up. Anyway, yeah, it's really good. You were making a serious point, but yeah, and actually, and I also think it's not fun to share this stuff. It's not fun to share my personal shit. And I do it a lot. I do it on social media. I do it on a blog that I have. I do it on this podcast. And I, it's just a thing I kind of feel called to do. And I, I feel weird even using that phrase because I don't know exactly what that means for me. Like what, what called to do means. But I, what I know is that I share things and it feels really scary and vulnerable and 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 then a lot of the time like I got a message today from one of our friends um, our old friends who I have not talked to in years who sent me a message saying thank you for talking about my depression I don't have anyone to talk to about it and then went on like to explain to me what she was going through and I like that's so I I'm I'm not happy I'm not happy that she's going through that at all but like hey, man, if I can be someone who gives voice to something that other people are going through, but don't know how to give it voice or don't feel safe giving it voice, or if I can be an ear for someone who hears me talking about it, then I guess that's what I mean by feeling called to do it. Like It seems to be a thing that resonates for for people and and is helpful for people. And you do that
0: really well. And I've heard a lot of people say things like it really means a lot that you do that they can't do it themselves they don't want to put themselves out there yeah so well and
1: i and i think and maybe like you know that's a position of privilege that i have i'm able to i'm able to do that
0: but you're using it in the right way
1: well hopefully so there you go it's important to talk about canadian bacon and it's important sometimes to fucking get real about <laughs> how dark shit yeah. is and dark shit is dark right now in the world we're living in and shit has been dark In our personal lives.
0: So we're not a therapy podcast or a mental health podcast specifically, but...
1: Goddamn right.
0: (laughs) Shit. I just want to say, if you are feeling, because we've talked about suicide, if you're feeling down or suicidal or anything, there are resources. And not that you should have to be the one that reaches out to help yourself, but don't hesitate you could reach out to us. <laughs> you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 8255
1: Yep. So let's wrap this up, and I have the perfect way to wrap this up. Oh my god, these are so good. Knock <laughs> I knock. Can't
0: wait, who is there? Ottawa. Ottawa who?
1: Ottawa, get a passport for Canada.
0: What? Nope.
1: <laughs> knock knock.
0: No, I want to go back. We're we're going to talk about that.
1: No, no, we're not. Knock, knock. Who's there? Quebec. Quebec, who? Quebec to the end of the line. Oh, what? I don't know. I'd like supposed to sound like get back.
0: Yeah, but knock, knock. Wouldn't it be a Q?
1: Knock, knock. Who's there? Toronto.
0: Toronto, who?
1: Toronto be a log in knock, knock jokes.
0: Oh. Uh... And
1: on that note, folks, that's gonna do it. Um.
0: I think I'm we... all out of groans.
1: We very much appreciate you listening to the silly parts of this and the super downer parts. Thank you for listening to us. Please spread the word, man. I don't know how to grow our audience. It's growing little (laughs) by little, but I feel like, man, if Ken Marino didn't help, I don't know what to do. Like, How are people not listening to our Ken Marino episode? It's so good, and he is like such a beautiful human, and people should listen to it. Not even for the sake of our show, just fucking people should. I don't get it. Anyway, um, Mike is just staring <laughs> right. at me. He hates it when I do this kind of thing.
0: I do have to say, though, that we have a milestone coming up and we don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do something big. And I just want to preview it here. We're really close to 10,000 downloads of our podcast. Yeah. So a lot of people have been listening to this shit. Um, this is episode 43. 43? No. 43. No. no.
1: 44. 44.
0: <laughs> this is episode 44 that you're listening to right now and so it's
1: been like 10 months 10,000 downloads yeah so that's cool
0: so pretty soon like right now you listening to it you could be the 10,000th download that's pretty incredible we'll we have no way to track who it is but just think of it as yourself but we know and
1: we can sense the energy
0: stay tuned though in our facebook group and our facebook page and yeah. twitter We'll be having some big announcements. We're okay. going to do something crazy, people. Okay.
1: My guess is, like, really talking this up. Uh, we <laughs> want to do something to recognize it. So we're thinking a live show, maybe, if you're into that idea. If you would if you would watch us do a live show. Don't just say, that sounds cool. If you would actually watch it and, like, interact with us, let us know and we will do it. We I think that would, could be really fun. We don't um, know
0: how, but we'll do it.
1: Yeah, we'll figure it out. So... Can I wrap this up now? Yes. Okay, thanks to Graham McRae for our artwork.
0: Thank you to Fifi Folios for our web stuff.
1: Thanks to Minds Violet for our music.
0: Do you want to do that again? Uh-uh. <laughs> Until next time. See, see you in you the, the 90s. 90s. Oh, Canada. God save the queen from thee. You are a...